You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. I am sitting down with Dr. Michelle Kambolis. Dr. Michelle is a mind-body health specialist, registered therapist, meditation teacher, and an acclaimed author and speaker who has been practicing for more than 20 years. She is also an unshakable believer in our innate capacity to self-heal and thrive. Dr. Kimbolas is wholeheartedly committed to developing evidence-based resources to help people create the consciously healthy life they were born to live. In addition to running a thriving therapy practice in Vancouver, Dr. Kimbolas co-hosts live streamed meditations on IGTV for thousands of followers around the world. Her second book, When Women Rise, was just published this fall of 2021. She has been featured on leading media platforms such as Goop, Good Morning America, Huffington Post Live, Sirius Satellite Radio, and Raw Beauty Talks podcasts, and leads guided meditation on corporate retreats for some of Canada's best known companies. So welcome to the show today. Thank you, Erin. It's lovely to be here with you. I am so excited to have you on. First off, I have to say the cover of your book is beautiful. <laughs> Just from an aesthetic oh. level, I, I opened that up. I was like, wow, this is a beautiful book. Thank you. I mean, we really wanted to have a cover that expressed the heart of the book. And it's such an interesting story because we designed a completely different cover. It was um, really beautiful. It was this woman kind of rising up and out of nature. And um, uh, when we went to present it to the buyers, they didn't like the cover. Hmm. So um, we decided to change it and create something that was just a little bit lighter and brighter and reflective of the um, the hopefulness that, mm-hmm. that this book um, emits. Yeah, it really is. It's really light and bright, but also, like you said, it's hopeful and clear. It's not super flower. It's powerful, I would say. And that's what um, I, I get from the book is just the, the fact that we all do have inner strength inner power, power. Um, and we just get so drained by life that we have to take time to restore it. That's exactly it. And the whole reason for the book was really, you know, as I looked around to the people in my life, the women in my life and the clients that I was working with, so many of them were expressing feeling absolutely exhausted and mired in stress and anxiety and so fed up with this culture of doing and proving and striving and competing and comparing and, um, and feeling you know, sort of this inner hopelessness about at all and at all, and yet a great desire towards change. And for 25 years, I've been working with practices that really um, bring us home to ourselves and strengthen mind, body, and soul. And it just felt so important to me to share these in a way that, that uh, is accessible to everybody. I mean, not everyone can afford to take expensive wellness workshops and do, you know, meditation workshops and acupuncture and all of in therapy and, and, um, and some of these expensive practices, many of which we can do at home 
in the park, in our car when we're waiting for a child. And so with Women, Women Rise, it brings it all together as a handbook and a pathway towards rising into our highest well-being. Absolutely. And I love all of the guided meditations that you've included. You have a um, Q, each, each meditation has a QR code where you can just scan it and listen. And it's you, it's you guiding the meditation, right? Yes. yes. And your voice is so calming <laughs> and it's so soothing. Thank you. Thank you. I love the QR codes and that it, it's like having a meditation teacher or a therapist in your pocket at all times. Mm-hmm. And And what I often hear women describe is just not having enough time, really um, being kind of at a loss as to how they're going to fit these practices into their life. And so now, whether they have five minutes to do breath work or 10 minutes to do a deepening compassion meditation, um, all they have to do is scan the QR code and, um, and they can be guided. You can be guided into a deeper self-knowing and into those places of healing. Yeah. So, you know, and even just thinking about how you mentioned women doing so much and always going, 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 never taking the time to be still, do you think, is that an always problem? I know you touch on that in your book a little bit. Is that recently, has it gotten worse than it used to be? Or has it always been like this where we just go, 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 and we don't take time for self-care? Well, that is such a great question, Erin. And there's a really interesting research study that highlights that um, it's not always been so. In the past, we've had more natural rhythms to our lives. And certainly our lives have really built in terms of complexity. And um, there's a study that shows that about 50 years ago, so this woman, Jean Twangy from Case Western Reserve University took all of the data from um, the, the data bank from the research studies at universities. This is what we do. We collect data and we put them in a data bank. And she wanted to see how life is different now compared to 50s, 60s, 70s. And she discovered that our locus of control changed by about 80% over the course of that time. So we're 80% more focused on the external. That means what we care about and what we base our life on and our well-being on is what we look like, how much money we have, how much we're producing, how many likes we have on Instagram, and we're very, very externally driven. At the same time, we're about 70% more anxious and depressed than we were at that time. So there's this linear pattern between an externally driven, do, 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 masculine-based, strive, strive, strive culture and our unhappiness levels. And we we don't have to look far to see that. Often all we need to do is look in the mirror. Yeah, that is very true. And that's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of times we we do, we blame a lot on social media, right? And the Pinterest perfection and moms wanting to make this, but it's true. It's like, I think even 
gosh, I, I first became a mom 17 years ago and I have a little one who's five as well. And just seeing the difference in my parenting from 17 years ago, when I couldn't broadcast things on social media <laughs> to show what an awesome parent I was till now where it's like, everything is broadcasted. That does put a lot of pressure on women. Isn't it so interesting the way we're now marketing our lives mm. and what that robs us of is truth. Mm. And I hear so many women who feel as though they're not enough because they look at these images of perfection and of course, naturally compare themselves, but it's really not based in, in the truth of it. Because if I were to speak to that woman with the perfect Instagram feed, she would tell me the very same things hmm. that she's tired, that she's not getting enough sleep, that her, <laughs> you know, her gut health is, is, um, is all over the map that she doesn't feel enough that she's doesn't feel that she's showing up for her child or her husband or herself. Um, and then how about the guilt that we have about not fitting in practices for self-care just to add a little bit of icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying right now and I can't wait to get into it more, but before we do that, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you dream it, you can do it, right? If only self-fulfilling prophecies worked for hiring for your team. When you partner with Indeed, building the right team is that simple. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Indeed Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things that I love about Indeed that makes hiring all in one place so easy is that Indeed truly makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide, and with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash spark. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash spark to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash spark. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, getting back to what you were sharing about the way that we have so many pressures right now as females in the world today, what, what message do you want to convey to women? This is really a beckoning for women to come home to themselves, to move and to, to, to just pause and open and take moments of stillness and bring back the sacred into their lives and have the courage to set those boundaries to say, actually, no, I'm not going to be in agreement with this. Mm -hmm. And to reclaim their health. 
I love that. Yes. I, because we, it, it sometimes feels like we're getting on a train that we never signed up to to get on board, you know, and it's just the train is going and we have to hop on because that's, that's what's happening right now. Um, but not everybody feels that that's how they need to be living their lives. And so I think that, that you almost give us, you do, you give us permission to go, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't okay. You know, and you need to pause and you need to take a time out. And I'd love to talk about the benefits of meditation, the science-based benefits of meditation, because I think a lot of people have misconceptions and think, oh, well, it's just woo-woo stuff. And, you know, it doesn't really do anything, but it does a lot. So can you share a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. We have now 5,000 research studies over the course of the last five years to show the benefits of of meditation. And now um, meditation isn't... um, See, okay. Meditation is like the word sports. There are many different types of sports and all of these different sports do different things with the body. And so meditation is the same thing. So if you want to increase your level of focus and clarity and present time awareness, Vipassana meditation is the way to go. If you want to increase self-compassion, your altruism, your empathy, um, and improve your relationships. Compassion meditation is the way to go. So it's not, you know, uh, one meditation is going to do it all, but a variety of different meditations kind of can kind of hit a variety of different needs, if that makes sense. But they all do one thing in particular, They calm the nervous system, they lower the heart rate, your blood pressure, decrease cortisol, and really expand your overall sense of well being. And with that, support you in being in the moment more often and more available to your life. Our mind is wandering all over the place. It takes us to the past, into memories of regret. It takes us into the future where we're in future-focused, fear-based thinking. And meditation trains the brain to be here now in an equanimous way so that we're less judgmental about whatever it is that's arising. So it allows us to show up for everything that's happening in our lives in a welcoming way where we're not trying to get away from the uncomfortable or grip onto and hold onto the comfortable or that which we most desire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot to be said for leaning into the uncomfortable. And with that, that's actually a really great place to pause and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. This Valentine's Day, it's time to give him a gift that 4 million men worldwide trust from Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. You can use my exclusive offer to go to manscaped.com, 
Use the code SPARK for 20% off and free shipping. Now I got to tell you, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but my husband Richard is loving his Manscaped products, especially the lawnmower is waterproof. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight, which is really helpful and handy. You know, the holidays went by so quickly. If you didn't give your man the gift that he really wanted, make sure you get it right this time with the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. As I mentioned, my husband really loves the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim the hair on loose skin, and the trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on all of those delicate regions. The package also includes the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer that whacks the worst of all of those nasty weeds. I know my husband's also a big fan of the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. These formulations are as essential as your skincare routine. Go to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off and free shipping with the code SPARK. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPARK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SPARK. Now, Dr. Michelle, going back to being present for the uncomfortable, you know, what, what you were saying, it really does remind me of my own yoga journey and that I'm not pushing through the pain, but I'm trying to breathe into what might be uncomfortable to hold a pose a little bit longer. And, you know, I know that, that you have experience practicing yoga as well. You're an avid yogi and you talk about that in the book. I I know some people might be wondering about the distinction. How does yoga play a role in meditation? Is it the same? Is it different? Yeah, that's beautiful. So yoga for me is meditation in movement. Mm. So meditation isn't something that is available to you only in stillness. We certainly know with practices like Qigong and walking meditation and, and yoga, that life is a lived embodiment of meditation. Mm. So what we practice on our meditation cushion or on the yoga mat becomes, um, it's, well, it's our practice space for really what we want to embody in life, which is compassionate awareness, loving, open awareness. And you mentioned the breath. I mean, the breath is our anchor. The breath brings us back to the moment. And a low and slow breath can activate the parasympathetic nervous system and release a whole cascade of calming neurochemicals and save us in those moments where we're in panic or fear or anger. Give a breakdown on what, what is the parasympathetic nervous system and maybe just a quick overview of parasympathetic versus sympathetic and why we want to be able to go back and forth and not stick to just one. Um, because you mentioned that in the book as well. And I, I think before I ask you any other question about meditation and stress, this, this might be helpful for somebody to understand. Yeah. So I, first of all, want people to know that stress isn't bad. Stress isn't, isn't the enemy. In fact, stress can bolster our well-being when it's um, short-term bursts of stress our uh, sympathetic nervous system is activated. And so um, we have an increase in norepinephrine and adrenaline, and it increases our ability to focus. 
and to perform and to compete. And it elevates our energy in times when we really need that inner condition. So if you've got a work deadline or you're you know, in a soccer game or playing tennis or whatever it might be, we need to activate the sympathetic nervous system for arousal. And it actually, um, it uh, increases our ability to fight off disease. So it's an important aspect um, and eustress is, is, um, is the state where we're kind of hitting that sweet spot uh, in terms of our nervous system balance. Now, um, when that goes on for a long period of time, our cortisol increases, it increases inflammation, it's a burden on our organ system. And that's when we really find ourselves um, mired in symptoms of uh, anxiety. And the way to tell whether or not something or whether or not you're um, in a state of anxiety is take away the stressor. If you take away the stressor and you're still having symptoms of stress, that means that you're um, dealing with anxiety. So for example, um, you have um, a major deadline at work and maybe you're a little bit agitated or your mind is racing and, or maybe you're getting, you know, kind of a fast beating heart, or you're a little bit flushed. Once that deadline is, is completed and those symptoms go away, you're non-anxious. If those symptoms continue, it means that that short-term stress has led to anxiety. And you'd asked about the parasympathetic nervous system, really important, important for, coming back home to that state of calm. We wanna activate the parasympathetic nervous system with deep breathing and meditation and the right kinds of foods and being out in nature and connecting socially. All of these conditions can activate the soothing parasympathetic nervous system, which creates a balance in serotonin, the feel-good neurochemical, oxytocin, the bonding hormone, and, um, and helps to uh, decrease inflammation in the body and fight disease. That is such a helpful explanation. Can you touch back on how can we use food to help our nourish our parasympathetic nervous system? I would love to know more about that because um, that was just a fun little side comment you made that I think is good to dig into. I am such a strong believer that food is our natural medicine. And when we're feeding our body with a daily dose of stimulants, caffeine, sugar, alcohol, we're really working against ourselves and activating the sympathetic nervous system, increasing our agitation, really um, uh, getting interfering with our ability to sleep, to rest, to have a clear mind. And so if you're struggling with anxiety, those are the things to cut out. And at the same time, we want to bolster our diet with healthy fats to increase the myelinization in our neuronal system, in our brain system. So we're talking about olives and nuts and cheese and avoiding um, the unhealthy fats. So 
French fries and chips and <laughs> um, fatty meats um, because those two um, uh, work against us when we're trying to um, bolster our, our nervous system. So um, increasing GABA. So GABA is a natural neurotransmitter that supports the relaxed alert state and you can increase GABA with, um, with nuts and with avocados and, um, uh, leafy greens. And there are all kinds of ways that you can increase GABA naturally. And you can also take it as a supplement as a PRN, um, it's called nature's Ativan. So you can take it on an emergency basis or regularly in order to bolster your sleep and mitigate the impact of stress. You know, one of the things that so many women are lacking is B12 and B12 is critical in, in, um, mitigating the, the, the impact of stress. And so, you know, that's another one that I would really take a look at if you find that you're, you're struggling with, um, with anxiety. Yeah, that's so helpful. I'm so glad that you mentioned the GABA because I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I only recently learned about GABA and how helpful that can be for sleep as a supplement, but also that we do, we can activate it through food as through what we eat as well. Um, tell me a little bit about, um, sound because you touch on that in the book as well. And this is something that might be new, but, um, it can really be beneficial for whole body health as well. I love sound as a healing mechanism and we're overthinking all the time and have this incredibly strong focus on the internal stories that are moving through all the time, you know, taking us all over the place. And what we are lacking, you know, in our culture, our practices to really come home to ourselves as nature, really, as a, as a living being that has all kinds of sense organs touch, smell, taste, sound. And when we amplify our ability to connect with all of our senses, we can embody um, a greater sense of presence and a more welcoming space to everything that's happening around us, including sound. And so sound consciousness really allows us to tune into our natural environment in a way that's incredibly healing. So, I mean, you probably know this for yourself and tell me if you do, if you're playing a piece of music that just resonates with your soul and you find so calming, it can be a game changer and take you from agitation and maybe, you know, frustration from a situation that you just faced with your child or your partner to an incredible state of calm. And so too, is it for, um, you know, listening to birds or playing um, a, a singing bowl or listening, listening to the vibration of a gong? Um, have you ever been to a sound bath? No, I actually never have. Uh -uh. Yeah, it is absolutely incredible. 
in that it takes you to a very, very deep, deep state of relaxation, where sometimes you can just sort of loosen the grip on holding on to um, the, the density and the identification, not only with the thinking mind, but with the body itself. So in a sense, it, it elicits this sort of feeling of oneness, of connection with everything around us. And this sense that, you know, this body that we identify with so much is really, you know, just impermanent. And that all, and all of life is just passing through, just like the sound of the gong, of the music, of the singing bowl, of the voice, of the fan, of the bird. So, you know, really that sound practice is really um, a beautiful one for rooting in the awareness that everything arises, exists, and moves through. So maybe we don't have to take it all so seriously. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I love, I will say I've never done anything specifically with sound, the sound bath that you mentioned, but, um, the place where I practice yoga, she will, uh, I don't know what she does with the bowl. (laughs) She does something with the bowl at the very end to, to close our time. And it's like, it's so soothing. There is something about that. That's very soothing. So, um, I need to look more into that, that I love that now tell me, because we are entering a time where I think a lot of women are going to be planning new year's resolutions, or they're going to be, you know, wanting to beat their body into submission for one reason or another. And I'd love to know your thoughts on how we can show more compassion for ourselves in the new year. Um, and instead of, you know, punishing our bodies, partner with our bodies, you know, um, and, and look more towards a healing perspective instead of this whole, like, you know, resolution do goal setting. I love that you asked that. Are we just so hard on ourselves? Mm -hmm. I have a regular compassion practice uh, and practice meta every single day and incorporate compassion practices on, on the daily. And still I find myself getting caught up in that trip of comparison. And so it gives you a sense of just how powerful that download is. So New Year's resolutions, you know, I think every day is an opportunity to reset. Every moment is an invitation to just arrive into the perfect and whole you that you already are. And so the message here is there's nothing to change and there's nothing to add. And maybe the thing, maybe the trip is that we just drop it. We drop all of those unreasonable expectations and we come home to who we already are. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of just abandoning this desire to improve and instead just step into the flow of growth that's already moving through you. You are growing and changing and learning and evolving and transforming every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe um, the reframe is to live life intentionally, 
to pause a little bit more often and ask the question, does this serve my highest good? Yeah. Does this serve my greatest needs? Yeah. Yeah. And just to open to life as it is right in front of us. Mm -hmm. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. No, it's good. And I, I just, because I think we are, you know, we are so hard on ourselves and, and pushing towards that next goal and then getting mad at ourselves when we don't hit it the way we want to hit it, you know, and I, and I don't know where that comes from, or maybe it just goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning with, you know, how 80%, we're 80% more focused on the external than we used to be. And I think sometimes that shows up in these resolutions that we're making in these ways that we're trying to perfect or improve what is gradually happening. Like you said, like we're changing all the time and we don't embrace where we are when we're there. We think back, we're like, Oh, I could have done this, you know? Um, so I think everything that you're sharing is really helpful for sure. Yeah. What if we just relaxed into our lives and acknowledged what's already going so beautifully and so well. There's this wonderful study by Martin Seligman, and he had all these university students write down every day three things that went well, and he had them do that for a week, and their happiness levels skyrocketed, not just for that week, but for an entire month afterwards, even though they were no longer writing it down. So just that ability to pause and to sink into the heart center and be compassionate with ourselves and acknowledging what's going well already is Mm -hmm. a really potent exercise. Our mind has this negativity bias. It's part (laughs) of our survival response. We're really good at identifying where life sucks. (laughs) (laughs) at least in our own perception, perceptual awareness. Um, So just, you know, a practice of shaping the brain towards the beauty is one of the most potent things that we can do. Yeah. You know, even you saying that the negativity bias, it makes me wonder, I mean, those those of us who do get caught up maybe more in fight or flight, depending on life stressors, whatever it is, does that make that negativity bias greater when we are in that true survival mode and we're not able to activate the parasympathetic state? Oh, 100%, 100%. Anxiety shapes the brain differently. And so we see everything more negatively and in a more hopeless light. But when you decrease anxiety, when you come home to the body and really support it in ways that can take you into places of calm wakefulness, then the mind naturally shifts to an increase in openness, compassion, positivity, happiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. I like how you said anxiety change, it changes the brain and it changes everything. Um, and, and it does get, it all gets stored in our body as well. And it's, it's a partnership of figuring out how to support both brain and body. Can you talk a little bit about gut health? Because you mentioned that earlier and that's something I love to talk about. So I'd love to hear <laughs> you share some, some of your thoughts there. Yes. Gut health is so important and life is an incredible system of micro and macro environments, this intricate and interconnected web of life sustaining forces. And that includes the gut and, um, and there are some really key superfoods, um, that nurture and nourish the gut microbiome in ways that transform it. 
into what I call the lush garden. Um, and we know that gut health means mental health and the serotonin receptors predominantly in the gut. So um, we're talking about simple things like adding apple cider vinegar, which is full of pectin and it's a prebiotic that flushes out pathogens and toxins and almonds, um, which is also a prebiotic. Um, I have a little bowl of almonds that I'm constantly popping throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Bananas um, are prebiotic that reduce inflammation, cruciferous vegetables, of course, which are just so important. They're nutrients dense and nutrient dense and um, great for the microbiome. So you know, kefir, kimchi, kombucha, anything mm. that you can add to your diet on the daily in order to support your gut health is wonderful. Yeah. And that's something that I think as, you know, as we have lost touch with nature, as we have gotten into this modernized world, we're, we're not, we don't have as much of a diverse microbiome as we used to. And we're also not utilizing these fermented foods either. Um, and so there's a lot that we could get back in touch with from a natural, almost ancestral perspective, um, like you mentioned before. And I think that that's so helpful. Can you share a little bit about the science on gratitude and your brain? Because I, we've never really gotten into that in the podcast before, but I think it's so powerful because, you know, we talk about the negativity bias, but we can change our brain through gratitude as well. Right. We can. So, you know, these practices, when they're done on a regular basis, really do change the neural wiring and grow regions in the brain that are self supporting and amplify our well being. And gratitude is certainly one of them. So, to just again, it just requires that moment of pause and turning our awareness towards the simple things in life that we feel a sense of awe towards, that we feel a deep sense of authentic gratitude towards. And authenticity is really key. And often what we're doing is we're looking for those big macro events to feel grateful when I get that promotion or that raise or um, I achieve um, you know, this or that, then I will, I'll feel, you know, grateful and successful in my life. But you know, gratitude practice is really an ongoing process of inviting in that which is sacred. And it can be as simple as a delicious cup of tea or watering your plant and uh, just taking a moment to be grateful for these small, simple things, you know, the smile of your child, watching them play and turning the mind and shaping it towards the acknowledging the beauty in our lives. Yeah. And in the small things, it doesn't have to be like you said, you know, like this big dramatic, like, Oh, I'm making my gratitude list for the day, but which might be a small step, but yeah, it's, it's, but it comes back to being aware. And I think meditation can kind of help our brains get into that state of gratitude, right? It really does because what we practice on the mat, we take into our lives. So if in, in meditation, you take a moment at the end of your meditation to really focus your attention on that, which you are 
most grateful for and expand that. So starting with um, the things that are most personal to you. So it may be, might be the love that you have for your child, wishing them well, practicing meta, repeating those words. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. May your life be filled with ease. And then extending that to other people in your life and including those which, with whom you've had conflict. The healing the heart by really focusing your compassionate awareness on those that you've really struggled with. Mm. And that one's a little bit more sticky and you may not be able to forgive because we know about the power of forgiveness in terms of freeing our heart. Um, and you may not be able to forgive in that moment, but maybe you can um, bring in the wish for learning or change or that or perhaps that that person doesn't harm another. And then we expand those wishes for well-being out further to include everyone on this planet, every creature, small and large. So really what we're doing is we're using meditation in order to um, dedicate our practice to the well-being of all. Mm expanding our focus of awareness, not only to our own well-being, which of course we want to be happy and we want to be in joy and we want, you know, um, to, to be healthy. When we turn our attention to seva, to service, to caring for others, it, it also bolsters our well-being in return. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And And it can keep us from being so reactionary. I think that a lot of us especially when we're stressed, you know, and especially in the last, you know, few years that we've had, um, it's caused many of us to be more reactionary. Um, I think I've even caught myself like just getting frustrated for things. I'm like, why am I frustrated about that? I've never been frustrated about that before, you know, but it's just this, this undercurrent of stress that happens. And so it is important to ground ourselves in, in that time. Where our, our white culture is really based on othering. It's very individualistic. And what we've lost is that sense of community. Yeah. So, and, and other cultures that um, white culture kind of sees as less than it's so oppressive and thank goodness, we're finally starting to do the inner work to deconstruct our own inner conditioning that reinforce this oppression. Um, but coming together and seeing that we're really part of a unified whole mm. is deeply healing for us all. Yeah. Yes, that is so true. Um, and that, but like you said, it's taken some time, <laughs> still a long way to go, I think, but I, I think we're getting there. Got a lot of work ahead. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, this, this is so wonderful. I love, I could just pick your brain forever. Um, let me just ask you a question since we have just a little bit of time left. What do you do to ground yourself to when you're feeling amped up, anxious, got deadlines to meet, you've got, I mean, you're, you're a busy woman. And so what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? What's your go-to meditation wise, maybe food rest. What, what do you do? It's changing all the time, Erin, because my, my body's needs and my soul's needs are, are ever changing. Um, and 
I will say the breath is my go-to. Mm-hmm. I love um, Nadi Shadana, um, alternate nostril breathing. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. four, four, six, two breathing. Meditation is essential. Um, I meditate every morning for an hour. Wow. Um, I'm so, um, you know, fortunate to be able to do that. My kids are grown. And so now I'm at a place in my life <laughs> where I can put that in more easily. Um, when I'm really feel feeling the buildup, the density of what we call in Buddhist terms, Sankara, which is the inner conditions um, um, of a lifetime, I'll do a 10 day silent meditation retreat, which mm. is like a total mind, body, soul cleanse. Um, but on the day to day, it's yeah. I mean, I just pause to think about what do I need? Do I need to hydrate? Mm. Do I need some nutrient dense food? Um, do I need to just step out and breathe in nature? Do I need to lean into friendship mm. and reach out to my community? So it, it's changing all the time. And, um, uh, but you know, beautiful to know that we have this innate capacity to listen deeply to our, our, our own needs and to really step into our agency and our sovereignty over our own life, our body, our mind and our soul's needs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But we got to ask ourselves too. So many of us, we just keep going and we don't ask, you know? And so I love that you are, are, are saying, ask your body what you need, you know, um, because our bodies will let us know sometimes through unpleasant symptoms, but our bodies will let us know. So one question that I love to ask, um, the name of the show is sparking wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? to come home to the awareness that you are already whole. There's nothing to add. There's nothing to change. You were born whole. You will always be whole. And nothing can change that. Nothing can rob you of your wholeness. That's awesome. Thank you. That thank you for sharing that. That's that's so helpful for us to hear. I think we all need to hear that right now. So tell me where can people learn more about you, follow you, um, get your book, all of that. Yeah. So I'm at <clears throat> pardon me, michellecambolis.com, Michelle with one L. And when women rise is at whenwomenrise.ca. And you can find it in your indie bookstores. I love supporting independent mm-hmm. bookstores. You can also find it uh, at Indigo in Canada, at Amazon, at all of the kind of regular um, outlets. And if you're interested in meditation, we have a weekly Monday meditation group. It starts again in January. So if you're really interested in learning meditation or, or amplifying a practice that you have already, we meet online every Monday between seven and eight. And uh, you can also find me at Insight Timer for free meditations. Oh, I love Insight Timer. That's I'm so glad that you brought that up as well. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom. I feel like time just flew by. Um, There's lots of good information, but I know it's going to be helpful to so many people. My greatest pleasure. And thank you so much for having me on and for um, all that you're doing and supporting women towards just amplifying their well-being. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.